Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. As always, if any of the stories that I'm about to share with you are of interest and you'd like to read them for yourself, just go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org where you will find a written version of the roundup with all the links that you need. Without further ado, let's jump into our first story of the week, Understanding Pregnancy Among Trans People. Researchers led by Heidi Moseson explored pregnancy among transgender and gender nonconforming individuals. They found that 12% had been pregnant at least once in the past. This is really interesting and important that over half of these pregnancies, 54%, were unintended. They also found that 15 of the total pregnancies included uh, in the information occurred after testosterone initiation. So that's also, I think, really important because a lot of people um, believe that for trans men and non-binary people who are, who are taking testosterone, that once they begin that, um, that that's going to prevent pregnancy and that that's sometimes the case, but certainly not always the case. And that probably helps to explain why a lot of those, um, you know, unintended pregnancies um, occurred. 11% of the participants wanted to become pregnant in the future, and there were also quite a few who were, who were not sure if they wanted to or not, which also just speaks to another important issue about, you know, preserving um, fertility options for those who, who want those and also preventing pregnancy for those who, who don't want to become pregnant. So overall, a really interesting study. This was um, based on data from the PRIDE study, which we've mentioned many times on the podcast, uh, which is something that any, any LGBTQ folks can sign up for to provide information and help kind of build the amount of research that we have available on LGBT health. Um, so a really interesting, um, you know, study on something that is often overlooked and where we really need more information. Next up, depression or risk for older adults. A study led by Ning Shea found that LGB older adults were more likely than others to, quote, fall into categories for mild cognitive impairment or early dementia, unquote. The factor that stood out as really contributing to this disparity for sexual minorities was depression. They looked at a bunch of other areas where uh, LGB folks have um, disparities, such as um, with social connections, alcohol use, uh, and they found that, you know, those weren't really the factors that were explaining why sexual minority older adults um, were having, you know, more likelihood of cognitive impairment or early dementia. And that really depression seemed to be the factor that was driving this disparity. So that's a really interesting, um, you know, takeaway and kind of speaks to how can we support um, older adults, which, you know, may be working on, uh, on addressing mental health and, you know, probably starting at a much younger age so that people arrive at, the, at their older uh, years without, you know, um, being prone to depression. In our next story, Marking Trans Day of Remembrance. Time Magazine reported on this year's observation of Transgender Day of Remembrance. This event began in 1999 in the U.S. to mark the death of transgender individuals Today, the vast majority of transgender people who are killed in the U.S. are people of color. They comprised 89% of such victims um, since advocacy groups began tracking this issue many years ago. 
In Brazil, activists spoke of both an epidemic of transphobic violence, but also newfound visibility and political activism. So definitely, while you know there's um, a, a lot of, of information in this article to really be concerned about, um, including you know challenges related to the pandemic with with homelessness, etc. Um, there's also some definitely some you know sources of of hope to to look at as well. Next up. Study searches for protective factors. Researchers at the University of Central Florida announced a new study that will examine what factors help prevent young bisexual and lesbian women from contemplating suicide. This is a group that's really at high risk for having suicidal contemplation and mental health issues in general. So it's really exciting to see this study is trying to kind of identify what helps people um, so that, you know, hopefully those, those skills, those protective factors can be built upon and, and supported. Anyway, the $2 million national study will be the largest longitudinal study of this population ever conducted. It will address topics such as the level of connectedness, isolation, and also experience during transitional periods. So, you know, this is looking at at young women. So whatever those transitional periods are for an individual person, you know, whether that's um, leaving home for the first time, um, whether that's coming out, whether that's, uh, you know, starting college, looking at these different kind of moments where, you know, people are are really um, in transition and, you know, kind of vulnerable, but also in a moment where they can develop these protective factors and really trying to hone in on on some of those life moments. So should be a really interesting uh, study to keep our, our eyes open for. In our next story, Trans Trio sues West Virginia. LGBTQ Nation reported on three transgender individuals who are suing the state of West Virginia for denying medically necessary gender-affirming care under state health plans. They are arguing that the exclusions are discriminatory since the same type of procedures are covered for cisgender people. So, for example, you know, the same kind of surgery is covered if it's not related to um, to being gender affirming care. But if it's related to someone's gender identity, then that, you know, that service is suddenly not covered. Those types of exclusions. They're also using the reasoning applied by the Supreme Court in its landmark Bostock decision. So that was the employment law decision where the court, you know, looked at um, at the meaning of of sex discrimination and how that applies to trans people. Um, so this will be an interesting, um, you know, test potentially of of how that that logic is going to be applying to um, healthcare discrimination claims. And finally, for this week, paper explores research ethics. This is a great story if you if you do research or you're really interested in research or, or you're just a geek like I am. The All of Us Research Program published a new white paper that really delves deep into the program's ethical, legal, and social implications. The paper explains how All of Us is designed to bring forward new knowledge about groups that are underrepresented in scientific literature. And that includes one of the, the main groups that that includes are, are sexual and gender minorities. They go into, you know, kind of explaining how a commitment to diversity and inclusion is going to be absolutely required to be able to meet that goal. They also discuss how to address some of the uh, historic injustices and the kind of mistrust that exists. Now, that certainly is true within the LGBT community and also with other underrepresented, you know, understudied groups such as people of color. Also, you know, a lot of kind of medical mistrust there. So overall, it's a really interesting paper. Um, you know, this is a huge 
national program where they are gathering data about people's health so that we have a bigger, more diverse pool of information for researchers to look at. And so, um, you know, really kind of thinking about some of these ethical issues about how to engage with these populations um, is really interesting. And, you know, if we can see how it's being done on a project of that scale, it could definitely help for research that's being done on on all other levels as well. If you're interested, just search for all of us, um, or you can go to um, joinallofus.org. There is an LGBTQ page which really goes into specifics about what they are doing to try to improve um, our knowledge about LGBT health. That wraps up another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. As always, if you want to find the links to all the stories I have just discussed and you don't want to do it by Googling, you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org where you will find a written version of this and all previous roundups. I hope that you'll subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already and join us next week for another edition of the Roundup.